Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of the Bomber Brothers podcast, part of the Pinstripe Alley community of podcasts. Sean and Ryan here with you, banging on a trash can to let you know it is a new episode this week. And, uh, yeah, Sean, I mean, I'd say that's the most interesting tidbit of news. Doesn't really have to do directly with, with the Yankees, but this, uh, sign-stealing story broke by Ken Rosenthal and uh, Evan Evan Drellish. Was he the other one part of the story? Um, yeah. With a lot of help from Mike Fires, seems like the... Um, <laughs> maybe the Yankees' paranoia with the Astros stealing signs was somewhat warranted after what we uh, after what we read the day before yesterday as we record here on Thursday. I um, When it first happened, I was kind of like... Well, probably a lot of people do it. But then you see the reactions from Judge, Severino, and Sessa all yeah. chiming in. Other players I mean, in the league, too. Yeah. It's, uh, okay, so maybe it's not as, as prevalent as we both, or, uh, sorry, I don't mean to drag you down with me, as no, I thought. I was surprised. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, you know, you said it doesn't really have to do with the Yankees, but it probably does. I mean, the Yankees lost Game 7 of the ALCS to a team that was obviously have, had a technological and illegal in terms of baseball advantage? Well, I only say that because it seemed like in the report that Fires was pretty adamant that it was not something they carried over into the postseason, which I guess to me made sense because it is much louder in the postseason and it's probably harder to hear a banging on a trash can. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying based on that and the noise level, maybe it didn't. I don't know. Maybe they switched to whistling and maybe that's mm-hmm. why this... Uh, this paranoia with the Yankees started and they looked back on that series and realized it was going on. And and if that's the case, then it's a huge impact on the Yankees because they lost every game in Houston that seat, that series. And the first two were very, very close games where if a key pitch, which um, a hitter knew was coming resulted in a run, then that, then yeah, I mean, that could have arguably cost the Yankees a world series if that's the case. Um, it's not only just the runs, too. I mean, you think about it. If you know what's coming, you have a better chance of fighting it off. The Astros all of a sudden became a team that doesn't strike out as much. That has to do with some of the personnel, but also a lot of their guys cut down on their strikeout rates from you know the 2015 team to the 2017 team. Um, and, and, you know, you, you bring up you can't do it in the playoffs. Maybe you resort to whistling, which the Yankees reported this year. Um, A.J. Hinch adamantly denied it. Now he looks like an asshole. Um and the other thing that sticks out in my mind, and I'm surprised this hasn't gotten as much talk as it as you would expect, the Red Sox busted the Astros for cheating, even though MLB cleared them, in Game 1 of the 2018 American League Championship Series. The Astros scored seven runs that game and beat the Red Sox 7-2. And then got Since smoked. <laughs> that, after that, once that guy had to be out of the Red Sox, like away from the Red Sox dugout, the Astros got smoked, so something changed. It seems like they lost some sort of advantage. It's a small sample size, but, I mean, they go from winning 7-2 to losing 7-5, 8-2, 8-6, and 4-1, with three of those games being at Minute Maid Park, getting swept there. That seems pretty incredible to me. Do you, th- do you think maybe the Astros' clear intimidation of the Bronx after the three games in 2017 was more just like, we need to get back to where we know what pitch is coming? <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. Think, <laughs> think about how the Rockies perform when they first go on the road after because pitches are breaking more compared to at Coors Field. Like, obviously, you know, you have the thin air when the ball travels, but it also affects the break on the ball. 
So it takes an adjustment period for your brain to react as to what's coming and like the break and everything. Why wouldn't that be the same when you know what pitch is coming or what pitch is not coming? And I mean, if they're doing it in a regular season game against the White Sox, I mean, and I mean, they're doing it against the Mets with flexing on the mound. Guys in the ABA could hit flexing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, reading that story and then awesome, awesome job by uh, John Boy to find that at bat that Danny Farquhar was was talking about in the article. And, and I mean, you, you can see it clear as day, the, the banging on every changeup. And then once he hears the banging for the third time, he steps off and, and calls mm-hmm. the catcher to the mound to recalibrate the signs. I mean, it was, you watch it there after knowing what we know now, you watch that and it's just clear as day. And then obviously um, more more footage from YouTube starts coming out with the same noises on on the same pitches. And, and like you said, they're not always pitches that are crushed for home runs but none of them result in swings and misses they're uh either fouled away to extend an at bat or um or taken so um yeah a clear a clear distinct advantage and 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 look i love the intricacies of sign stealing without the aid of illegal things like for you know I I kind of I enjoy the the mental battle of guys trying to figure out what the opponent's signs are and, and um or or if the opponent switches them up before they're able to be figured out. I think that's a cool chess match part of the game. Obviously, if you're using an unfair advantage like a literally a freaking television where you can just see everything, um then it totally sours that and there's I don't know, it's just that's it was it was definitely frustrating to read and i don't know like the astros have been such a dominant team for the last few years but like how many more how many more demerits are they going to have on their on their run to all these division titles and 100 win seasons between this and and the incident with the red sox last year and and obviously with taubman before the world series with his osuna comments i mean there's been a lot and certainly they're not the only team i'm, I'm sure more will be found out and more teams like the Yankees have had their own um, black marks on on their success with with getting Chapman. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just this was a definitely an, an interesting read and one that I'm sure we'll be hearing more of. Not really as a result of the Astros investigation. I really don't think much is going to go into that. Did you find it interesting at all that Nolan Ryan um, left the team like just days before and, and was pretty short in his comments about? you know, like not really wanting to talk about it. Do you think there's any correlation? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know if they would actually speak with Nolan Ryan about it. Cause I don't think he'd have anything to do with it. it being a pitcher himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, because that seems like what it comes down to. And CC's talked about the fraternity between pitchers and stuff like that. And it was, it was fires wanting to help out his teammates, which I'm surprised more hasn't come out. Cause I mean, Morton goes to the Rays, you know, Giles, has pretty much every reason to not like that organization goes to the, the blue Jays and Giles is a head case as it is, but it's interesting. I mean, the longest any Yankee starter went in Houston was Tanaka going six innings twice in 2017. And then last year, and then this year and in 2017, he only had three strikeouts in six innings flash forward to their home game game five. He strikes out eight Astros. So it seems like he, was magically getting better swings and misses, which obviously, you know, can vary from start to start. But with Tanaka's stuff being what it is, it's not surprising. And I remember 
a lot of close pitches being laid off. Remember Severino labored and had to get pulled early in, in that series. And and like we're saying, it's it's not just, okay, you know what's coming and then you crush a home run. You know what's coming, you fight off, you look to the next pitch, you wear the starters out. Now all of a sudden the Yankees strength, the bullpen is overexposed because the starters aren't going as long. And then the guys with the bullpen have even less of a repertoire to go to. So their two or three pitch mixes for, for a reliever are suddenly less effective. Um, so that could have a lot to do with not only the workload for the Yankees relievers, but also why they seemed ineffective against Houston um, in 2017 and in 2019. So I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what it illegitimizes for the Astros or, or whatnot, but the fact that Aaron Judge reacted the way he did with the wait what tweet yeah. makes me think the Yankees aren't receiving this sort of information because otherwise it's like you know with with pine tar and stuff unless it's egregious you don't call anybody out because almost everybody does it but obviously the Yankees not almost everybody is doing this I mean what do you do if you're Major League Baseball you're just going to take away some draft picks and give them a hefty fine is that all you can do maybe suspend AJ Hinch for like 30 games to start next year, which who cares? Like, I can't picture them doing that. No, no, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking draft picks and fines probably. I don't, I don't, I really don't know what else they would do at this point, but I definitely, I was, hmm? So I was, I was telling my wife they should bring back all of the Yankees and the Rastros from 2017 <laughs> and make them play it over again. Like, Joe Girardi has to come back and manage the Yankees. Please CC with his shoulder has to come out of retirement. Ellsbury has to get on the field somehow. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So you, now we have to bring back Ellsbury, Chase Headley, and Starlin Castro, who was one of like the worst hitters in the league for a lot of last year, and we're going to have to try to beat him again. But <laughs> but they should keep the three wins from New York and only have to win, Just they, win one. They, they play four games in Houston, and they only have to win one. But that might be worse now because Charlie Morton is better than he was then. It's true. But Lance McCullers is, is still recovering, so... Oh, there we go. You have an advantage. <laughs> and we get to face Ken Giles in Houston where That's he's true. And he is he uh, might not be as sharp because his ears might still be ringing from punching himself in the face. That was like a year and a half ago now. <laughs> it was a hard oh, punch. Okay. You never know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, when, when the Yankees... When we when I read the story about the Yankees paranoia with the whistling and stuff, my reaction was kind of like what AJ Hinch's was. It was just like, all right, come on, like this is getting to like ridiculous levels of paranoia. But obviously now my my thoughts uh, my thoughts have changed on that, especially after reading this story. Awesome, awesome reporting by Ken Rosenthal as always. If you don't have the athletic, you're just not as big of a sports fan as as people who do have the athletic. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's just so No, worth- I mean, some people just maybe can't afford it or something like that, but I know what you mean. It definitely Everybody can afford Disney Plus. I mean, if you know, every- <laughs> That's true. Um, it's awesome. I just they, Yeah, they, the athletic is great. So many good stories and and this is one of them. Last year Craig with the um the GM belt for the keeping savings down and Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all been great, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know what MLB does. Um, I don't think this impacts the way I. I don't really. Look, I don't really have any like. Oh my God! I can't believe this happened. The Yankees deserve the title in one of the years. Mm-hmm. Like it's. I don't feel that way about it. Um, but it is pretty damning, and 
you know, the, the Astros have proven to be um, morally screwed up with the handling of Osuna and the the um, the what you call it the the assistant GM that made those comments in in, in the clubhouse, among other things, and and Ben and and Travis in in their book, um, the MVP machine. Make make good points about how the Astros have sort of lost humanity, and and the scouts were saying that even the ones that were trying to adapt. Um, I don't think the Yankees are immune from all this. We saw that with Chapman, and I think we see it with the direction they're going and with their coaching hires, which we'll get to in a second. But um, it seems like the Astros definitely take a we just want to win. We don't care if we do it the right way, the wrong way, or whatever. As long as at the end of the day we're the champions, we'll do whatever it takes, even if that means breaking all the rules and being immoral. Yeah, it's something we've, it's not isolated to baseball. I mean, we've seen plenty of uh, stories pop up about the Patriots and they just keep on winning and winning. They're one of the most dominant teams in sports history and definitely not without their um, their uh, questionable tactics that have been used, Spygate, whatever, whatever else has popped up. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. This definitely was uh, disappointing and eye-opening, and you hope it's not like a, a widespread thing around the league. Because personally, I love how technology has been used in the game to help make hitters better, and and um, and you know use these use all this advanced data to make better players. But not if it not not like this, obviously. Not like this. As, as Switch from the Matrix would say. Um, all right. I mean, I think that's all we got for that subject. Yeah, I mean, that's just there's been a ton of great jokes. I like the one that said the Yankees were also banging on things. Oh, it was Gardner, Gardner hitting the, the yeah. top of the dugout. That was a good one. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty funny. But, yeah, I mean, what else, what else can you say about it at this point? Um, hopefully MLB comes down hard. Hopefully um, the Yankees get Garrett Cole and learn some more things that the Astros are doing. You know, I think they need to sign him now just for that alone. You know, a little counter intel. Yeah, get him, get him while he's a little bitter still, like when he wore the Boris hat right after the World Series. Just get him quick. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. well, obviously this probably means nothing because I'm getting sucked into this stupid wormhole again. But Andy Martino had that uh, article that said, according to a source, Cole isn't expected to sign until after the new year, and. Um, but Strasburg is expected to go much sooner than later. I, I can't. I, I can't read those. Like I don't remember how I saw that, but I, I read it. Um, I wish, but I, I don't know. I mean, we were flooded with those last year. Like, oh, Manny Machado expected to make his decision soon. Three weeks mm-hmm. later, oh, it's coming up soon. You know, like uh, I really don't feel like dealing with that. But um, last off season drained my phone battery every day so hard. <laughs> yeah, it was it was rough. I'm kind of trying to stay away from it from it uh this winter but well i mean so far i have i mean i i, I looked at cashman's comments and you know didn't read much into them but no. you know what uh, andy martino has come up with some doozies but he was all over the yankees being lukewarm on machado who we learned they never made an offer to and he is saying that they are pers- going to actually pursue garrett cole we will so, see what that means does pursue mean throws picture on a, on the jumbotron and offer him five years we'll we'll see I, I think the most likely scenario is uh, we made what we thought was a competitive offer to Garrett Cole, and obviously uh, we, we lost out just, just barely. I think that's <laughs> what, what winds up happening. But yeah. we'll see. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe the Yankees realize that they need 
um, need an ace. Maybe they think, oh, well, you know what? Now that the Astros are going to be punished and don't have this advantage over us, we don't we don't need to go out and get anybody. Yeah, who are they? I'm sure they'll, they'll figure out a way to justify something like that. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. Um, well, the Yankees have a new pitching coach. Not David Cohn. No, not David Cohn. It's uh, Matt Blake. What you uh, What'd you think of the hire? I, I like it. I don't know about you. I thought I got to go and figure out who the hell Matt Blake is. <laughs> I should clarify, I, I liked it after reading a lot about him. Yeah, I came out of seeing the Adams family, and uh, <laughs> I was like, "Who the heck is Matt Blake?" It sounds like it sounds like a baseball name. It, it sounds like a he sound he sounds like a, a left fielder or a right fielder from like the '90s Oakland A's. Matt Blake. Matt Blake, kind of like a Matt Stairs name, something yeah. like that. But anyway, well, after I read about him. Um, Holy Cross alumni. It's it sounds like he's kind of where baseball's going with the video and the edgertronic uh, analysis. Um, I know he's not from Driveline, but he's some someplace close to that's like Driveline, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his own and I know pri- that, his own private pitching development company. Yeah, and hasn't he worked with um, Scherzer? Scherzer, and, yeah, yeah. So well, he, yeah. I mean, Syndergaard still needs some help, but I like, I like that he works with Scherzer. Yeah, and I like that he was very—he was thought very highly of by Cleveland, which has been um, notorious for developing strong pitchers. So, because he um, hadn't he been recently promoted to like their head of scouting before, right before he was hired? Yeah, I think he was promoted to. Well, I have the story right here. The. Uh, Pitching director. Okay. Well, he was I'll, the assistant director of player development, then promoted to pitching director, and then two days later he became the Yankees pitching coach. Does it bother you? He has no dugout experience. No, not at all. I, look, this is where this is where baseball is going, and it's just like with um, Kyle Body from Driveline going to he went to Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken. Like these guys are the ones directly behind this revolution and who have helped started it. So what better what better people to coach them? Okay, maybe maybe they won't have the kind of experience that a former pitcher would when it comes to going out to the mound and, and talking to a pitcher, but it's it's like what it's like what CC said um, in the last R2C2. Like when it comes to this technology, like don't just tell me what I'm doing wrong, tell me like what I can do to make my slider bite more like what, what like how do I need to change my grip I feel like these are the kind of guys that can do that and um our pinstripe our friend Josh over at pinstripe alley wrote a, wrote a great article about this comparing um Blake to Cone and how you know we love Cone because he's really embraced this advanced data era in baseball and has formed this seemingly perfect mold of old school and new school in the broadcast booth but you go with a guy like Blake because he's directly behind this revolution that Cone is grabbing onto. You know what I mean? Like I, I could see Cone and, and Blake interviewing, and the Yankees being like, "Okay, like Cone is seriously immersed and interested in this stuff." But we also interviewed a guy who has helped pioneer this this stuff. So, like, which you know, which one do you go with? So I, I completely understand the hire, and I don't know. I'm also just kind of happy because we get to have Cone in the booth still. He's my favorite analyst to listen to on on the air yeah I, I have no problem with with the hire like i said i didn't know anything about the guy so it's not like um 
I could be could be mad about it, except the reputation that comes with him, which is positive, and the organization he comes from, which you know turns out good pitchers. The only thing I think about is, you know, a lot of teams have been doubling up with hitting coaches, and and to have done that with pitching coaches would have been interesting, especially Cone, because That's he's somebody point. who ingests the the information very well and has the experience of okay, well, you know, you you can't tell the pitcher to do it this way; he's not going to understand. But if you phrase it to him, you know. But whatever. I mean, he's worked with the Indians. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. And uh, like you said, we get to keep Cone in the booth. So it's an interesting and an innovative hire. I think he comes with, um, you know, it's not like when the Yankees hired Boone right out of the broadcast booth just to be a communicator. He comes with a bench work um, of of experience and hopefully uh, can jump right into the job and doesn't need this sort of – you know, year to get acclimated as Boone did, who, um, in my opinion, got robbed for manager of the year. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and I killed Boone all last year. <laughs> you know, what's funny Rocco. So Rocco Baldelli won, right? I'm, I'm not, I didn't make that up. No, Baldelli won. Yeah, and okay. Luis Sessa again was upset. Yeah, he was Sessa upset. proving <laughs> to be the Yankees most underrated player this year. <laughs> as um, I, as I knew he would be, I would have, I would have had Baldelli third. I would have had Boone, uh, Cash, Baldelli. I, look, the Twins had a great season. Uh, I mean, winning you know winning a hundred games and hitting the home runs they did. They faced the Tigers and the Royals and the White Sox. So that comes to about a hundred and twenty games of their one hundred and sixty-two games or something like that. No, <laughs> sixty. Sorry, I was doubling up. Um, so they just, I don't know. I can't get past that, that they that um, a lot of their games were against teams that were actively trying to not do well. I think yeah. that should count for something. I, I agree, and I also think the Yankees playing with, at some time... 31 injuries? Two, yeah, at some times two-ninths of their, of their projected lineup yeah. is... is Something that needs to be considered more heavily. I mean, Boone did a great job, not only of managing the next man up thing, but also keeping the team believing in the next man up thing. I mean, the Yankees showed toughness all year up until the bitter end. The mindset of the team was incredible. Whenever things would go wrong and you'd think they were on the ropes, they would get off the ropes. I mean, the whole season was like a rocky fight. It was just they they kept bouncing back even when you didn't think they could. And... Boone deserves credit for that because that's him um, and some of the veterans setting setting the tone in that locker room. And I, I just I don't understand how you give it to a guy who played in a much, much weaker division and had much, much fewer injuries and won less games. Yeah, no, I, I would have I would even had cash second. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I guess it's not that big a deal. The Yankees. And Boone beat Baldelli and, and swept them and destroyed them in the playoffs. Yes. That's what obviously matters more. Mm-hmm. So, well, Cecil congrats upset, to so Baldelli. <laughs> Maybe he's not upset anymore. Hey, something I was thinking about. Speaking of the Rays, Willie Adamas, their shortstop, kind of stinks, right? What if they traded for Lindor? How scary would that be? Yeah, I was expecting they have, they, they have the prospect bench to do it. Yeah, they've got the best farm system in baseball. It's uh, certainly a possibility, one that I would not want to happen at all. That would be incredibly scary. 
Especially um, with their pitching staff, you add him to that offense. If all the, of a sudden, if the Rays pulled that off, and then the Yankees didn't go get Cole, would be the most concerning thing I've seen in a while. Although I'm not that worried about it because Lindor is probably going to require a big contract after he's traded, and I just don't think the Rays are going to pay that. Yeah, I I, I agree. But it, no, it's scary to think of. How about how about the? Um, did you read the trade proposal from? I think it was Pete Abraham from the I'm, Boston uh, Globe. I'm putting Clint Frazier in my car now and bringing him up there. How people keep and my the funniest part about it was we um our uh, our managing editor at Pinstripe Alley tweeted retweeted that story and said something to that same effect like I will drive them to Boston myself and. And people were upset about the trade because of team control. You would, <laughs> you wouldn't trade a struggling outfield prospect who has been really poor in the field, and the Yankees clearly were um, souring on as the season went along, and a really bad defensive third baseman who has a great bat but is coming off a serious injury, and the Yankees have another. Um, sprouting young third baseman in Urshela, you wouldn't trade them? And, and Mike King, an, uh, a decent minor league pitcher who doesn't have much in terms of velocity. For the for one, for the, one of the best outfielders, or probably the best outfielder in the league, not named Mike Trout and Christian Yelich, because he I'm, only has one year of team control. I would do it um, so fast. I mean, think about it. You'd, you'd have um, Betts and Judge right next to each other, in the yeah. outfield, that'd be awesome. And you can move Stanton to DH, and when Hicks comes back, he can play center, and you can probably put Betts in left, or you could whatever. Oh, that'd be awesome. And it, uh, the Red Sox are like trying to smear that smear Mookie Betts. They had like the, the they own the paper that Abraham writes for, and before that, I think I forget who it was had like that smear article saying that the Red Sox overrate Betts. Yeah, oh, that was Shaughnessy, I think. Oh. That is he oh put up God. almost seven war last year. And that was a down year off the year before. You're talking about a top five player in the league. I don't really know how you overrate that. It's sad. It's re- I, I mean, obviously I'd love to see the Red Sox trade bets because I like watching bets and I would much prefer him not in a Boston uniform um, wreaking havoc on the Yankees. But, I mean, how, I don't know. How do you even, how do you even justify that? I don't know. I don't know how you would justify trading him. That's uh, that's got to be frustrating for fans up there in Boston. But I don't know. That's 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 enough to lose faith in in a front office if that's if that's the move that they ultimately end up going with. Well, I think bringing Bloom in was a signal that that's the direction they're going. I still find it hard to believe yeah. that that's going to happen. But yeah, we'll see. Anyway. anyway. Um, yeah, he's changed bench coaches. Oh yeah, that's right. I already forgot who it was. <laughs> um, but I know Sweeney Carlos Mendoza replaces Josh Bard. Okay, I knew he replaced Bard. I just didn't even remember the name. All right, well, welcome aboard, Carlos Mendoza. And the um, Joe Espada didn't get the job for the Giants. Instead, they hired Gabe Kapler. Gabe Kapler. Can you? What a win for the Yankees! I mean, oh my God! <laughs> uh, 
I don't why why did they do that <laughs> I'm so confused I mean between that and and the moves they made like with the offseason of bringing in Longoria and all these aging veterans when they were clearly a team that needed to rebuild like what are, man for a team that won three world series in five years like what what are they doing I don't know nothing good so anyway all right I think that I think that wraps up the news this week I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's it, right? Astros. Yeah, uh, yeah that's that's about it. All right. Well, uh, maybe you... he didn't get the job because the 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 Giants panicked over the the film thing with the Astros and figured let's. Uh, yeah. Or or let's Gabe Kapler showed up in a muscle tee and they were afraid they were going to get beat up if they turned him down and just hired him out of fear. Hmm, fear is the path to the dark side. <laughs> That's what I, I'm looking forward to this week. Watch more of The Mandalorian. Yeah, I started uh, watching Star Wars Rebels last night. I've never watched that show, and I watched first, like, it was like a double episode. I, I enjoyed it. So get through get through season one. It's, um, it's not great. It's good, but season two and three are really, really good. All right. There's four seasons, right? Yeah. Or three. So... I think seasons one and four were good, and two and three were great. That was that was my take on it. But seasons two and three, especially for people that are fans of like the original trilogy, yeah. are, are really gonna like uh, really gonna like those two seasons. Cool. So yeah, keep pressing on. But that's what I'm looking forward to: uh, more Mandalorian. Um, still got to watch the expanding the Marvel Universe documentary on Disney Plus. Got to get get that in. So. Yeah, I'm excited to sit down and watch some of that. Cool. I uh, I'm getting Jedi Fallen Order delivered on Friday, which day comes oh, out yeah, me tomorrow. Too, yeah. So I'm looking forward to unpackaging that baby because I'm tired of getting my ass kicked in NHL. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all. Damn, I can go. I can go to GameStop after work tonight and pick mine up. Oh, it's ready the day before. Yeah, if you pre-order it in store, you can go pick it up at nine o'clock the night before it comes out. Well. I lost at that one. Oh, there's a GameStop <laughs> right by my house, too. There's, like, nothing near my house, but there's a GameStop 10 minutes away. So I should have done that. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well. So that's it. Video games and TV, because that's all that goes on. In the winter, in the Northeast. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Rangers have been playing better. The Devils aren't playing too bad right now, right? Uh, no, they are. They're still blowing third-period leads. Oh. They were winning 2-1 last night, lost 4-2. Did, did you see the game the Bruins blew the other night? Yeah. My God. Wow. But uh, we're nothing. To, yeah, four nothing. They lost five five four. Jeez. I think. Yeah, that's cool. crazy. All right. Well, what? I guess I guess that does it. Thanks. Uh, thanks everyone again for listening. And as always, hopefully the next week week brings some more free agent news or trade news. We'll see what happens. We will be here through all of it. And um, thanks thanks again for listening. Talk to you next week. See you later, everybody.